Hello, and welcome back to the Seeking Hope podcast. This is your host, Shelley Penimacki, chaplain and a woman of God. So today we're going to talk about hopelessness. Where does that come from? How does it actually even happen? Actually, it's more common than we think. And I've got a good story to tell you along the way. So let's talk about where we find hope, where hopeless actually stems from, and what we can do. What are the promises that we can find hope in this broken, chaotic, crisis-filled world? So what is hopelessness? Actually, being hopeless is when you believe that change isn't possible. That you really believe nothing is ever going to change. It's not going to get better. It's not going to get worse. It's just there. And we forget that change is constant around us. When we go to sleep and we wake up, it's a new day. It's a new position. We put on new clothes. We, you know, eat something different. Change is constant, down to that very basic. But when you reach hopelessness, it's a belief that something is no longer possible, that there's no possibility of change. I got a text from a friend. Um, I really hadn't seen or heard from her in actually quite a long time. So we started to kind of text and, and I was thinking, wow, you know, where where's this coming from? But all of a sudden, she says at one point that there's so much death, there's so much destruction. Life is just hopeless. What is the point? It's all hopeless. I paused for a moment. You know, this is kind of my wheelhouse. How do we bring people back around? And even I stumble myself. How do I find, how do I hope this person? So I asked her, What is it in the message of it's hopeless? Well, life, why are we even here? What are we doing? We're all going to die anyway. I paused for quite some time there, actually. What could I say to that? What would really make a difference for her? So instead, I asked her, what is different right now than from a few months ago? Well, this pandemic, we're all going to catch it and we're all going to just die. It's all bad. Well, I texted back and said, uh, well, one thing you said here is true. We all are going to physically die at some point. But that's not new. That hasn't changed. That's what's always been. We give you know we we are born we give birth people die it's a fact it's that hasn't changed so what's changed for you cuz dying hasn't changed we all expect to die but we do have a gift we do have the gift of hope because we're believers in Christ Jesus so what's really changed Did you all of a sudden become immortal? Well, no, she responds. Then what's changed? 
Well, I don't know. I don't know. It's just all too much. And it's just hopeless. So I went back and pulled out my Bible. And the Bible talks about hope so much. If you look up in a concordance, there's so much to do with hope. One of my favorites is Jeremiah 29:11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for your good and not for evil, to give you a future and hope. And let's go back and look at that and look at some of those key words that's spoken in Jeremiah declares the Lord. The Lord declares it. He commands it. He says it is so. When he declares it, it's a firm confirmation. And he talks about the plans. It indicates a future, future things to happen. It might be bad sometimes, but that'll change. It's going to be good sometimes. But God says the plans that I have for you. But he uses the circumstances to also create opportunities when we don't think they're so good. It's an opportunity to learn to depend on him more. When we depend on him, we have hope. He is hope. And Jeremiah also talks about our future. Well, that means that there's more to come. God isn't finished yet. He's got a plan through all of this. He has a purpose, and there's going to be a future. And he says, and a hope. Hope is a thing. It is something that we carry around. It is a gift. It is in us. That very thing that you need from God, he wants to give to you. I have a hope. It's not the hope. It's, it's a hope. When you're finding yourself depleted, that's understandable. When you're feeling exhausted, that makes sense. When it's just all too much, that is a normal part of life. Especially right now when, when the world is just such a mess. And we're at our lowest points that you know, we've really ever seen in our generation. In this generation right now. Why do you think that the Bible is so full of scriptures that keep reminding us for that those that believe you will find rest, you will find courage, strength, an escape. You'll find future, gentleness, love, renewal, peace and riches, a refuge, deliverance, the shield of protection, trust, eternal life, hope. God talks about this all the time. Why? Well, for the very basic reason that God knew who we were when he created us. He knew we were frail. He knew that we were incapable of staying focused. We Bible goes over that so many times that the Israelites, after they are brought out of Egypt, they forgot about all the plagues and that God had saved them from that. Crossing the Red Sea, 
going through um, Moses going onto the mountain, you know, it, it didn't take but just a few hours and they were already falling back. He knew that. So he needed to remind us over and over and over about all the goodness and the hope that he provides us. And not just the word hope, but that strength, that courage, love, renewal, protection, refuge. Because God knew who we were when he created us. He gave us free will so that we could make decisions. But he also provided us with a way. In John 5, verse 24, he says, Truly, truly, I tell you, whoever hears my words and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not come under judgment. Indeed, he has crossed over from death to life. I, I look at that and I think it's like Jesus begging us, will you please just listen to me? Truly, truly. I mean, it sounds like a child saying, please, please. I'm not lying. I'm telling you the truth, mama. God's saying, truly, truly, I tell you these things. We have eternal life as a way out. This is so temporary. We have a way out for our sins because of Christ. See, we live in a world of our own making. This pandemic isn't any worse than some of the other ones that have come before it. We have had major man-made issues. We've had wars, famine, and other things that have caused this world to to fall into great demise over and over again. If you had talked to my great-grandparents, the Depression and not having any food, the wars, and those conflicts that we never called wars, but that's what they were. See, Adam and Eve, they'd made a decision way back in the very beginning. Yes, they were deceived, but they still disobeyed God. We're reaping those consequences of our own sin today and our own choices that we make and those stumbles and the falls that we make. But God is always right there. It's kind of like we will sink into the abyss when we take our eyes off of Jesus. Reminds me of another story. story of Peter. It's just like what he did. When Peter asked, if it's really you, Lord, tell me to come. Tell me to come out onto the water. Well, from the book of Matthew, chapter 14, Jesus says to him, It is I, come. And Peter walked on the water. But when Peter became aware of his surroundings, everything around him started to come into focus. Wow. He looked at the world around him with his own eyes, and it says he saw the wind. He saw the chaos. He saw the waves crashing up. The mist was probably on his face. He saw the demise. He saw the whole world and all of its troubles, all of its turmoil, its despair, its reprisals. And Peter became afraid, just as you and I do today, just as you and I do tomorrow and have in their past. We are just people 
normal, everyday, immortal people. Peter took his eyes off of Jesus and he began to sink. Have you ever felt like you're sinking? Have you cried out to Jesus just as Peter did? I know I have. I like to tell people that the best possible prayer is Jesus help me. And along with that is thank you Jesus. Because there's power in his name, in his name alone. We can rise back up out of that abyss, that trouble water, to find peace and hope. When we take our eyes off Jesus, we can sink. We are not unlike Peter in that sea. In our mind, we can fall into the sea sea of our own watery darkness and become lost. We alone are just normal people. We have no ability to walk on water. Though through the supernatural power of Jesus Christ can miracles happen. Yes, they do. They did for Peter and along with all the other beautiful, wonderful miracles. And they can happen today. There's not an expiration date on the word miracle. Things still happen today when we fix our eyes on Jesus. When we keep our eyes on him, astonishing, remarkable, and amazing things can happen. One of the best parts of the story, though, is Jesus was right there. He never left. He was always in eyesight of Peter. Jesus had never left him. Because when Peter cries out, Lord, save me. Notice that Jesus didn't reach down and save him without Peter, though, asking, Lord, save me. He waited till he heard Peter's call, his cry out to him. You see, it's our responsibility for our hearts that we have to call out first. We have to seek him and he will answer. Reaching out to him and casting our eyes upon him so that he knows that our mind is fixed. Our hearts are fixed on him. I kind of continue to text my friend and I texted my friend and I asked her, so if all of this is true, the Bible is true, what's changed? Well, the phone was silent for an awfully long time. But when I heard that familiar tone, <laughs> I saw, but it's just so hard and I'm so tired. I said, yes, we all are. I am exhausted. I responded, but then what is the difference in the question? Maybe it's who has changed. Not what has changed, but who. I went on to remind her that this crisis does not define who she is. It doesn't determine who we are. This is just another thing that's happened in this world. It doesn't mean that we are anything different. It just means that we are in this place 
where we need God. You just sink down into the dark sea of your mind when you look at the wind. So reclaim it. Reclaim your hope. Reclaim your job. Reclaim your peace. Reclaim your family. Know that this surpasses all understanding by just saying, Lord, save me. We can rejoice in hope. We can weather these tribulations when we fix our eyes and we stay in prayer. There's actually a to-do list that's given in Romans 12, 12. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. And be constant in prayer. It's your to-do list for today. Find the hope. Rejoice in the little bit of the seed that you've got. And it will grow. It's just like that mustard seed. It will grow. That faith will grow and move giant mountains emotionally, physically, and spiritually in your life. Being patient, it's just going to take some time. We may not like it. I don't like it. I'm sure you don't either, and that's okay. That's normal. That's a great response. But this too shall pass. And be constant in prayer. Write it down. Check it off. Make it a daily to-do list. Receive the hope that God promises to you. I've got a, a hope for you. That is always offered. We just have to open it up and receive it. Always abundant and it never runs out. Because our hope is Christ. Our living God the victor over all of this today, tomorrow, and from yesterday. God is our hope. Hold on to that, my friends, and know that there will be change, but God never changes. He's never going to leave you. He's never going to abandon you. So let's get out of hopelessness because there is change. And God is going to ride that storm with us all the way home. I hope you've enjoyed this message and it gives you a glimpse of what you can do. Go back and look at those scriptures. Do your to-do list on Romans 12, 12. Rest in the promises of Jeremiah 29, 11. And remind God's pleading to you. In John 5, 24, find hope in Christ alone. Have a blessed day. And until next time, this is your host, Shelly Pinamaki at SeekingHope.com.